Welcome back to Plus Her, a Stepmom's Journeys podcast. I am your host, Anne Laurie Forbes, stepmom to two amazing boys. And on this podcast, I share my personal journey as well as the journey of other stepmoms to pass on lessons learned, tips, and any advice to all my fellow stepmamas out there. With every episode and every story shared, we aim to change the evil stepmom narrative. We want to get to know her, understand her, and appreciate her. Hey, stepmamas and truth seekers, welcome back to another episode, plus her as Stepmom Journeys podcast. I am your lovely host, Anne Laurie Forbes, wife to one, stepmom to two. I'm a stepmom advocate and I'm a source of encouragement, all while I'm figuring it out just like you. Your Sunday treat today is another guest episode that will validate you, it will affirm you, and leave you encouraged. Listen close. This is the story of stepmom and stepfamily harmony coach, Margrit Stein. Welcome, Margrit. Hi, thank you very much for having me, Anne-Laurie. I'm so pleased to be here. I am so excited to have this conversation with you. So let's just dive right in. Tell me about the beginning of your journey. Do you remember your initial thoughts or feelings about Mm. becoming a stepmom? So I think initially for me, um, this was now 11 and a half years ago. Gosh, it's gone really quick. But my stepkids were, well, let me start with my own children. My son was six and my daughter had just turned one. And I just thought I'd be destined to be a single mum to my kids forever. And then I met the perfect man who just (laughs) happened to come with two very, very boisterous preteen boys of his own. And I can tell you it was a bit of a shock to my system because (laughs) looking back (laughs) at the time I was used to, my experience as a mum only went up to the age of six. So I I really had no experience of kids above that age. So, you know, when I met my husband's boys, they were 11 and nine at the time, you know, it it was a bit of a shock and I really didn't know what I was doing. Um, I didn't know what I was supposed to be doing. And I think, you know, I think kids have a bit of a sense for that as well. I think they they looked at me a bit funny and thought, "Mm," you know, (laughs) Mm. yeah. So I I guess we we had a bit of a rocky start um, to tell you the truth, but you know, that was such a long time ago now. It was a difficult age for them. they went through a really difficult period with their their parents splitting up. Um, it was a difficult start, but you know, looking back, I think I was pretty inexperienced with kids, as I've already mentioned. I had no idea about step parenting, um, so yeah, it it was tricky. It was it was very tricky. Well, that's understandable, and I think it's tricky for the beginning of the journey. is tricky for all stepmoms. We're trying to figure out what our role is in the new family dynamic, and of course, your boys were eleven and nine. You said at, at that time, and so you know they're dealing with split up of their parents, and now you know a new woman in the house. So of course, it does bring its own challenges. So um, yeah. yeah, that that's just honest and definitely understandable that you had uh, some of those challenges at the beginning. Talk to us about when you struggled with it and what helped you navigate through those struggles. Mm. So there was actually a period of time when I started going to yoga just to get out of the house. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, I just needed to get out. I needed some headspace. I needed some time out of the house. So I started going to yoga. And to be honest with you, it's probably one of the best things I've ever done. And I fell in love with yoga. And now I can't imagine my life without it. So, you know, it's a bit of a silver lining. Whereas I just thought, "Mm, what can I do to get out of the house once a week? And I went to yoga and it just, you know, it just stuck with me. And I really find that the thing about yoga is also the... um, the mindfulness aspect of it so mm-hmm. it's you know there's there's a few elements to yoga it's the self-care but there's also the mindfulness meditation that you do in in a class my my yoga teachers are amazing at just the meditation um at the beginning and at, at the end of every class but also then it's also the fitness and just the the um challenging your body and all of those things so for, for me yoga just encompasses all of it and now you know it's been I've been doing yoga now for 11 and a half years I, I, I practice mindfulness meditation regularly as well so in terms of coping strategies I think those two things have really really helped me along the way and then the one thing that I I really paid close attention to it's not something I was very good at at the beginning but it's boundaries mm-hmm. I had no boundaries in the beginning I was such a people pleaser um, I would bend backwards for absolutely everyone and when I started getting coaching and I started training as a coach something that kept coming up were just boundaries and I, I really think for for stepmoms just starting out if there's one thing one piece of advice I can give is that boundaries is the stepmom's secret weapon when it mm. comes to step family challenges could even add that boundaries is a form of self-care for st- us stepmoms. Absolutely. You took time for yourself to step outside the house. You found an activity that you, that you enjoy, which was yoga, and that helped you. And that was a form of self-care, not only for your physical body, but for your mental health as well. It's a reminder for myself, but I also encourage other stepmoms to make sure you s- set boundaries and also that you have a self-care regimen because it is so Mm. important for your mental Mm. health, especially when you're going through it. Mm. Absolutely crucial. And do you know what my, it's, it's now, you know, I'm, I don't feel I'm in the trenches anymore when it comes to, to step family life, because um, my stepsons are now 21 and 23. They've left home. They've got their own lives. They're doing their own thing, but it's still things that have stuck with me and the boundaries I've, learned about and the boundaries I've created when I was kind of going through the real thick of it it now comes natural to me so it's it's kind of skills I've learned along the way and now even though my stepkids are adults I can still use my boundaries with you know with just friends and family and work with my clients so boundaries it's not just for stepmoms everyone Mm -hmm. needs boundaries right I just want to elaborate a little bit. You said that your stepsons were 11 and 9. Your child was 6 years old, right, at that time? My son was 6 and my daughter just turned 1, so she was Oh, baby. so they were quite young, yeah. So you mentioned yeah. that you had no experience with, I guess, parenting older children. Did your husband help you, I guess, adjust to parenting older children? How did that look like? I guess in a way he did and he didn't <laughs> I guess <laughs> I guess I wanted to do it right and he I think his approach was just wing it just 
pick it up as you go along and mm. I'm a bit of an overthinker so I was trying to anticipate situations I was trying to um, avoid situations you know I was just overthinking about everything and just um, trying to preempt what could possibly go wrong this weekend so I used to get really stressed about it and my husband was you know just relax don't take things up personally just you know just chill um, and I found that quite hard because I wanted to do things right. I wanted to do things in a certain way. And he was just, you know, quite, let's just go along with it and see what happens. Um, so I found that quite frustrating. So he, he did help me in a way to kind of just keep me grounded and keep my, you know, just, my husband's very good at um, compartmentalizing as well. Whereas I'm very, a little bit, I get really into my head and I, mm -hmm. I you know, and I, th I think that was quite hard and it was quite hard for my husband and I to navigate that together as a couple as well but over the years that, that that has become easier and I kind of find my feet and I found my role that worked for me um, so yeah in the beginning it was really tough um, and he yeah he I got a lot of support from him but also I was also trying to navigate not only being the stepmom to his kids but also mum to my kids you know how do I keep that balance and also he was stepped out or he is stepped out to my kids right. so you know lots of different moving elements and moving parts all over the place so where mm -hmm. he was a little bit more relaxed when it came to his kids he's not quite so relaxed when it comes to my kids and vice versa so that has been challenging. Well, that's interesting. Okay, so he was relaxed with his children, but not so much with yours and vice mm. versa. That is yeah. so interesting. So what does that look like when you have different parenting stuff? How do we make it work? So what I didn't know at the time um, was when, when his boys used to come over for the weekends or during school holidays, I didn't really know about par different parenting styles at, at the time. You know, I was a little bit inexperienced and quite naive when it came to that. Um, so what would happen is that he would not see things. He would just allow things that I didn't feel was right. Um, he became, in my view, from my perspective, he became quite permissive. Mm. And then I would go the opposite way. I would become really strict and I would notice every single thing that they did. <laughs> I would notice, you know, um, just unacceptable behavior. And that caused quite a lot of conflict for us as a couple and as parents, because I would notice everything and he wouldn't notice anything. <laughs> I think this is a very common challenge for many, many, many step parents, but not just step parents, actually just um, you know first time parents as well and I think when I when my husband and I actually did go for counseling about this because and he was explaining to me that because he doesn't see his kids all the time they don't live with him he misses them mm. when they're not when they're not with us so when they come over for the weekend he does not want to spend all his time just disciplining them and arguing with them and refereeing them because they were quite boisterous boys they were very loud very close <laughs> in age and you know they were they were squabbling all the time I mean you know sibling rivalry like right. you've never seen it before um you know so so they were it, it they were just constantly in each other's hair and my husband just didn't want to spend every weekend just fighting and you know firefighting so I think once he explained to me, you know, he, he explained to me that he's trying to keep his boys happy. He's trying to keep me happy. He was trying to keep his ex-wife happy as well. So he was con constantly in this kind of 
you know, I call it the pivotal parent. So he mm-hmm. constantly had to change and just trying to keep everybody happy. He had to just do damage limitation all the time. Um, but now I know what I know through my experience and my training as a coach and working with clients. You have your different parenting styles. So you've got authoritarian, you've mm-hmm. got authoritative and you've got permissive. You then also got neglectful, which, you know, doesn't doesn't really um, it's not really relevant in, in this conversation. But um, what I now know is what happened was that he, in my view, became permissive when we had the boys. So I went into authoritarian mode. And for now, the listeners, can you explain to us, give us a brief description of each of those parenting styles, just so that the listeners can understand the different styles and maybe see where they fit in. Sure. So authoritarian would be um, my way or the highway, basically, is you do it this way. You don't answer back. You, you, you know, my word go. If I say this, you do that. So it's a very strict, very almost militarian, if that um, is the right word. So no flexibility. Yeah, no flexibility. It's also very, very strict. It's, and it's almost, in a way, it's, it's a bit colder okay. and a little bit distant as well. There's no warmth. There's no, just incredibly strict. Okay. And then authoritative is when you're in a more supportive role to your kids. You know, rather than telling them what to do, you you speak with them in a more in a more supportive way. You're more affectionate with them. You're more, rather than just having those complete arguments with them all the time you have conversations you know it's just much Mm. more supportive and in an ideal world both parents or partner and step parent would be both in the authoritative field and then permissive would be anything goes you know the disney disney parent or disney dad um, where the kids just run wild they come over the weekend they do what they like they they can spend as much time as they want on their devices they can eat what they want go to bed whatever time they want that fits more into the um into the permissive field so what we try to do and what i try when i work with couples especially is that i try to find a way and a, a way for them both to move into the authoritative field rather than permissive and authoritarian because i think that happens for a lot of a lot of step families i think that's quite a common a common issue and challenge and i would imagine that one parent being authoritarian and the other one being permissive that's a big clash Mm, definitely but also it's very important to remember that this is not fixed and there's movement in these these roles because what happened and I start I noticed this a, a little while ago as I mentioned before my stepkids are adults they've moved out of the house so we don't have it as much with my husband being more permissive and me being more authoritarian however my daughter is now so she was one when my husband and I got together and she's now 12 so she is preteen mm-hmm. and what I started noticing is that he becomes authoritarian. Mm. The roles have switched. <laughs> and I become permissive. So I, exactly, the tables have turned and now I know what it feels like. And what tends to, and, and after I thought about it for a while, because, you know, I, I, I think I'm, I mentioned to you before, I was quite naive and um, inexperienced when I first became a stepmom. But now through my, through my training and working with clients and just more experience, I noticed that, what tends to happen is when I am stressed or preoccupied with other things, I don't notice as much. 
So I start to overlook things like, for instance, my daughter might start answering me back or, um, you know, she's, she's, she doesn't do what she said or what I'm expecting of her, you know, in, in terms of chores and that sort of thing. So um, my husband would pick up on it. I don't notice it. And then he starts becoming a bit more authoritarian, but I can now pick up on it. So when I start noticing his going authoritarian, authoritarian, I, turn inwards and I look at my own behavior and I, I look at what's going on for me at the moment. Am I feeling stressed by something else like my work? Have I got a launch coming up or am I just preoccupied with something else? So I kind of know that when he becomes authoritarian, it's a cue for me to think, okay, what am I not noticing and why am I not noticing it? And then we have a conversation about it and I say, okay, I've noticed you becoming a little bit strict and authoritarian. I've noticed I'm a little bit preoccupied. So how can we now work together for both of us to become more authoritative in the situation? Also, you know, with kids, they, they pick up on these things as well. And my daughter reads me like a book. So mm -hmm. she knows when I become a little bit preoccupied with other things, that's her away. time <laughs> to negotiate more right that's her that's when she starts to so my husband and I have now started kind of you know we've got a way to say he he will say to me I noticed you a little bit preoccupied she's been answering back more you know what can we do to get back on the same page I think that's really important and this is something I work with with um couples as well when they completely different you know opposite one's permissive and one's um authoritarian you know what's going on for you is one of you stressed at work is one of you maybe bearing more of the load you know what's going on and how can we work together to get you both to be more authoritative and working together rather than being polar opposites and miles apart i love that approach i love you took the time to do a self-reflection and realize that okay this is because i'm preoccupied i'm stressed and this is what is affecting my parenting style and mm -hmm. not only that but you were also took the time to be understanding towards your partner and say okay well you know he explained his side of it and why it's affecting his parenting style so there was an understanding between you guys you took mm -hmm. the time to be understanding and empathetic towards each other so as a coach and someone who experienced this firsthand what would be your advice to couples who are currently struggling with different parenting styles that's negatively affecting their family? So I think the first thing I would say is to look at your expectations of yourself as a step-parent, but also of your partner. You know, what is, if, if you're the step-parent, what is his expectation or their expectations of you? And if you are both parents, if you both have kids, you know, what are your, your joint expectations of each other as parents? Um, then the other thing, the second thing I would say is values are really important because I think a lot of time, a lot of um, conflict in the step family and between couples often occur when values aren't aligned. So, for instance, um, if my if one of my values is uh, respect and my that's not one of my my husband's core driving values for instance then that's going to cause conflict because i'm going to be expecting that i get treated with respect and when i talk to him about his kids not treating me with respect he's going to tell me not to take it so personally and it's not about me mm -hmm. so i think you know it's really important for for couples to talk about their values to work out what their core driving values are and just 
just to see how they can align those values as well. And then the third thing um, I would say is just communicate, just talk about it and don't let things fester because when we start, you know, when, when my husband, when I perceived my husband as being too permissive, I didn't always talk to him about it. I didn't always raise my issues and concerns with him. And I can argue with him in my head for days. <laughs> I think that's a common mistake as stepmoms we do. We internalize everything. We keep it in. Well, yeah. you know, definitely at the beginning of our journey as well. I know at the beginning of my journey, I didn't say anything. I took everything. I, you know, like you, was a people pleaser, wanted to please everybody, didn't say what was bothering me, didn't set any boundaries, um, nothing at all. So I think yeah, that's absolutely. common. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, just talk about things. Don't let it fester because when it festers, we start catastrophizing things as well. And I mentioned to you at the beginning, I would preempt situations and I would almost create situations in my head and then try to talk to him about what are we going to do about when this happens or that happens. And it was exhausting. Mm -hmm. because You just thought, why are you stressing about things that aren't even happening? and they may not even happen they may not exactly. even happen exactly exactly and very often they didn't so well most of the time they didn't so you know i would just say yeah so realistic expectations about your own you know you, your own expectations as their parent but also your partner's expectations values making sure you know what your values are you know what your partner's values are and they're aligned and then just communication i think those are the three key things i would say are really really key I, I love it. It's practical. It's something that we can all implement. Okay, so let's talk about, actually, before we talk about your coaching business, I want to talk about where you are now as a stepmom. So the hardest part, we can see the hardest part is over. You've been a stepmom for what, 11 years, you said? Yeah, 11 and a half years. So I think that the, the hardest part, I would say, is over. Although I would say navigating step parenting with young adults is still um, it, it is also challenging and because you you now no longer they don't see you necessarily as a parent figure anymore and you kind of have to reestablish your relationship you have to have to look at your expectations again and just readjust because your role when it comes to young adults is not necessarily going to be the same as when they were younger when they were maybe you know, I obviously didn't know my stepkids when they were um, babies and toddlers, but I knew them as preteens and teenagers. But I think, you know, as kids grow up and go through different phases of their lives, it's really key to reassess your own expectations along the way as well. And perhaps, you know, readjust your, your own role in their life as well. Um, so, yes, I would say I'm, I'm kind of through the worst of it. So I do have the experience to help others to try and navigate some of their challenges, but I don't think it will ever be over. <laughs> you know, you, you don't stop being a step parent when they become adults. Yeah, yeah, it's a journey. And so that's a valid point saying that your role changes as the children grow older and now your children are adults. So your role as a stepmom has changed. So I want to know, did your coping strategies change? Did you add new coping strategies? What I would say is the sooner you start implementing or creating boundaries, the better they'll serve you when the kids are older. 
and I thought about this because um, during lockdown, during the first lockdown, my stepson stayed with us for four months. And you know what? I could see the evidence of the boundaries I put in place for over the last 11 years. So, you know, the, the saying, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. I could see that play out when he was staying with us. And I actually felt a little bit proud of myself, I have to be honest. And I thought, oh, okay, this is why we do it. <laughs> and it works. And it works. And in terms of my coping strategies, I still do yoga. I still practice um, meditation. And, you know, all of those things I did uh, along the way, I'm still doing now. Um, and I think also just, you know, my relationship with my, when he was here, I didn't feel like I, it, the pressure was off a little bit of me having to be a parental figure. I could be more of a friend rather than a, I didn't feel so, um, I didn't feel the pressure to be stepmom anymore. Mm. You know, I was more, more of a friend to him. And there were some issues along the way where he treated me a little bit more like a housemate than, than the actual, his, you know, <laughs> co-parent with his dad. That's a big issue. <laughs> <laughs> but through the boundaries, you know, we, we were able to manage it and we were able to get through it. But I, I do think, you know, you, yeah, it just takes the pressure off when you when you don't have to, when you kind of realise that, mm, okay, it's not really on me anymore. I can mm -hmm. take a step back now. It's more on my husband and my my job is to support my husband. Hearing your, your story and your journey, the common thing is it takes time, but mm -hmm. implementing boundaries from the beginning, being understanding, communicating effectively with your spouse, all of those things for the stepmoms who are listening. It will take time, but continue to plant those seeds, continue mm. to implement those boundaries, create a self-care regimen, continue to communicate effectively with your partner. And like Marguerite, you will see that years later down the road, you will reap those benefits of the seeds that absolutely. you sowed from the beginning. Mm, absolutely. Reaping the benefits that you, you took the words straight out of my mouth. That is absolutely um, spot on. Well, I love that. That's an encouraging word for our stepmamas. So I love that. Okay, let's talk about your coaching business. I love that your passion is to provide support and guidance to stepmoms, couples, step families. So I want to know what led you to create Step Family Harmony Step Parenting mm -hmm. Support and Coaching Platform. So there was a time um, when I really, when I really struggled, and my husband and I went for um, counselling. Mm -hmm at the time and it got to the point where I actually scheduled a counseling session for every week the Monday after every week we had the weekend we had the boys so because I was just thinking okay you know this is going to be a really tough weekend we need to debrief um, <laughs> afterwards and we got into a bit of a, a pattern where we had these counseling sessions and the good thing about the counseling sessions was that our counselor was also a step parent so that really helped but around the same time I had some other things that I wanted life coaching on. So I started seeing a life coach, but it was, it was completely independently from my step family situation. It was for other reasons, but because I was so consumed by my step family stresses and just all these challenges I was going through, it inevitably just poured out when I was talking to my life coach. And she was really, really good because she helped me to really identify individual aspects of step parenting that I was struggling with and we were able to find ways to work at them like prioritize the challenges and then find ways to break them down in 
to more manageable um, pieces and I was able to work on them, you know, one thing at a time. And the reason she was so good is because um, she wasn't a parent herself, but she was fostering teenagers and young adults. So I guess there was a little bit of overlap between what she did and what I was going through at the time. So that was really good in terms of her helping me break down these challenges, these things I was really struggling with and find strategies to move forward. And that really, really helped. So when it came to a few years later, I, I started blogging actually just from a personal perspective. Nobody read it apart from my sister back in mm. South Africa. <laughs> and it was anonymous and it was really great because I could just pour my heart out. I've since then deleted it, but I could just, you know, it, it was a way for me to just get things off my chest. And when, as I was blogging and I started searching um, other blogs, I came across other stepmoms, as you know, there are quite a few other step stepmom bloggers out there. And I started noticing step parent coaching and I was like, oh, okay, this looks really interesting. I would love to be able to help other stepmoms in similar situations or, you know, with similar challenges. And I was thinking, you know, what can I do? And I started thinking about perhaps I should go down the counseling route. But then I started thinking back, okay, what really helped me was the life coaching aspect combined with the step parenting. And the two just fitted together beautifully. Um, so I've since then, um, I've done, uh, I've got a diploma in life coaching and I've got um, my step family dynamics coaching qualification as well. I've also got a diploma in NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming, which really, really helps um, with, with just reframing um, your mind frame when it comes to step parenting. So, you know, combining all of these things together, it's just the perfect um, combination for finding step family harmony. Covering all bases. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I just find, and also, um, I'm starting to also incorporate mindfulness meditation with my coaching as well. And I've, I'm actually just about to qualify as a mindfulness meditation teacher. So again, that's just another aspect. I think with, with meditation, it's, it's just um, such an overlooked or it's, it's, it's a very underutilized tool, which can really help stepmoms. I think, especially if you, struggle with anxiety when you struggle with you know if you if you want for catastrophizing a lot if you want for being in your own head a lot meditation is such a useful tool an underestimated tool to really really help um, so I'm starting to incorporate that as well um, you'll start noticing me um, talking about it more on social media in the next few weeks but yeah for, so for me coaching just just being able to help and support other stepmoms on journey is it's just really, it's just really satisfying and quite cathartic. I can imagine. I love that this is another resource that's out there for stepmoms and step families. What I also love is because, you know, you, you've got this, there are quite a few um, step parent coaches out there now, but we all come with our own different experiences and our, you know, all our situations are so unique and there's, there's definitely something for everyone. So, you know, I'm, I'm, for instance, I have my own kids. So even though I do coach clients who don't have their own kids, um, you know, I, clients who have adults or teenage stepkids, for instance, will be able to better relate to me than, for instance, a coach who, who um, might not have her own kids. So, you know, I think we are so versatile and there are so many of us now that can offer so much value. And I just absolutely love having this community to support each other.
I love that you brought that up because that was a question I was going to ask you is what do you want your clients when they've had a session with you, a coaching session with you, what do you want them to know or feel as they leave that session? I think for me, it's really important for them to meet their step family life where they're at. You know, we all know it takes time. It takes a long time. It takes between four and seven years for the step family to really embed and settle. And I think there's a lot of pressure on stepmoms as well. There's a lot of shoulds. There's a lot of expectations on them placed either by other people on how they should behave, what their role should look like, either by their partner or by the ex or even their in-laws. Or they place really high expectations on themselves, what they think they should be as a stepmom. And what I help my clients with is just, you know, let's look at the situation really realistically and where are you? How can you adjust your your role to work for you and your family? Because your role is not going to look like another stepmom's role. Mm. Um, the other thing I want also to help them is to move from overwhelm to ease. Because we do, um, from my own personal perspective, I got so overwhelmed by all and so consumed by um, my step family stresses. You know, when when I was still working um, full time, I used to, I I think people avoided me at work because whenever they started talking to me, I would just talk to to them about how stressed I was about my stepkids. (laughs) I would just vent. And (laughs) I think, you know, I, I, do think it's really important to help like we talked about coping strategies before you know to, to help stepmoms find their own coping strategies so that they can really help um it it empowers them to to you know to have control of the situation rather than to get um so consumed by it and then you know just i just want to help stepmoms find step family harmony because if i can work with the stepmom and if, if the stepmom if I can get the stepmom to to a more content and happy place, it has a knock-on impact on her relationship with her partner, on the relationship with the kids. It will have a knock-on effect on the on the kids' lives, you know, later on um, when they become adults. Because I think we play a really important role in these kids' lives, and I think it can be really beautiful if you want it to be. Absolutely. I agree with that. What would step family coach Marguerite say to herself 11 years ago? Oh, just um, stop arguing with people in your head so much. (laughs) Stop creating scenarios. (laughs) Exactly. You know, stop catastrophizing so much. I think what I would tell my younger self or my, my, my less experienced mom self is just, it's going to be okay. And, oh, this is really important. Everything is transient. You know, nothing is fixed. Situations change all the time. As soon as you think you've you've nailed something or as soon as you think you've figured something out, something will come out left field and knock you for six, you know? Mm. It's and just, you know, just try to be open minded and flexible. Oh, and this is really important. Have a sense of humor about it as well. Don't take yourself so seriously. Um, that's definitely one thing I'll tell myself is don't take yourself so seriously. Yeah, I've got a few situations where I would just burst out laughing because I would just remember something I got so stressed about. And now I just think how ridiculous was that? I'm not trying to invalidate anybody's feelings. You know, anybody listening, if you're going through a really tough time, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to invalidate what, what you're feeling, but you might just look back on it in a few years time and just think, oh, that was actually funny. <laughs> 
Yes, absolutely. Um, I think that, yeah, to the listeners, your struggle is real. Like, however you're feeling Mm. is valid. But I guarantee that five years from now, 10 years from now, you're going to look back and there are some scenarios that you're going to laugh because, and you laughing at those scenarios is proof that there's been growth in your journey. Mm. You're going to look back and just laugh because you've grown from that mindset, from that space. Yeah, but just be kind to yourself, you know, because it is hard. It is hard, really hard. And acknowledging that and um, not beating yourself up and just acknowledging that you are human as well and you're not going to get it right all the time and it's okay you're allowed to make mistakes and you know just just go easy on yourself extend grace to yourself yeah absolutely yeah Mm. so to tie it all back to your story how has coaching other blended families helped your journey I think it, like you were just saying, it shows you how much you've grown as well. And I think just being, for me, being able to help others, it, it's validating my own experience as well. And, you know, it, it helps me to know that actually, you know what, I didn't get it right all the time, but mm, I did a good job. I did a good job. The kids right. turned out okay. And, you know, they're happy and it wasn't all bad. It was hard, but it wasn't all bad. It continues to be hard sometimes. But, you know, I think being able to help other people just give me a sense of that it's been worth it. Definitely been worth it. Thank you so much for sharing your story with the listeners today. Uh, not only did we learn from your personal experience, but you also gave us some very practical tips that I can practice, the other stepmoms we can practice in our day to day, you know, as we continue on our stepmom journey. So I want to thank you for that. So to conclude, Plus Her Journey is all about sharing the real stories of stepmoms and also changing the evil stepmom narrative that we've grown accustomed to. So I want to know, in your opinion, Marguerite, how can we change that evil stepmom narrative? I think talking about our challenges more and sharing it Mm -hmm. is really important. Um, And I think we can change the narrative because... uh, I mean, we, we can change it for ourselves because we know we're not evil, right? But go, it's, yeah. it's changing the perspective of others who are not step-parents who might not um, appreciate how hard it can be. And I think, you know, if you're a stepmom and you've got friends who aren't that supportive to you, then go and find support from other stepmoms. But I think there is also, you know, if, if you have friends... Um, you know, if you're not a stepmom and you have a friend who is, then just be compassionate towards them as well. And I think we need to just be compassionate. I think we can change the narrative by being more compassionate to ourselves and other step parents as well. Mm-hmm. And that includes stepdads as well, not just stepmoms. This is great. I just love that my stepmoms were helping each other, were learning from each other. So I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. And to the listeners, I promised you that. Today's story was going to validate you, it was going to affirm you, and it was going to leave you encouraged. And I strongly believe that, Magritte, you did just that for our listeners. So thank thank you you so much. Before I let you go, tell our listeners where they can find you. So they can find me. My website is stepfamilyharmony.com, and I'm on social media on Instagram and Facebook as Step Family Harmony as well. Perfect. Thank you so much. Your story is going to be a source of hope and inspiration for our fellow stepmoms. So thank you for joining me today. Oh, thank you so much for, for having me. Thank you. I just have this feeling that you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. 
Show me some love. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And spread the love with another stepmom by sharing this episode with her. You just never know. This might be the encouraging word she needed to hear. And lastly, let's stay connected. Check me out at Plus Her Journey on Instagram and Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time, be blessed.